Chapter 3 of A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rebecca Eden Walker A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks by Louis Albert Banks Chapter 3 the unused diplomas of life john six twelve sometimes at first glance or at superficial glance there seems to be a great waste in human life it was once my pleasant fortune to be entertained in a beautiful farmhouse in the outskirts of one of the quaint old dutch towns of the upper hudson the matronly woman who came to meet me was stately and gracious but had an atmosphere that told of the chastening of sorrow after a little when she showed me to my room as she opened the door into a beautiful chamber she said with a lowering of her voice and a sort of indefinable lingering of tone as though she were talking of sacred things i am going to give you the room that was my daughter's who is now in heaven everything in it is just as it was when she left it the books are on the shelves the pictures hanging on the walls the vases and photographs on the mantel even the arrangement of the chairs and the furniture in the room is just the same as when she went away then she stepped across the room to a beautiful old-fashioned bookcase and pointing through the glass door to a rolled parchment tied with a pretty pink ribbon she said and there is her diploma lying just as she threw it there when she came home from college but a few days before she was taken ill. I came up with her to the room, and she flung the diploma in there with a sort of girlish glee, and it stuck at an angle, that way, across the compartment of the bookcase. She closed the door on it and said, Well, I'm glad I've got you anyhow. And it has never been touched since. Two weeks later, we went with her over to the cemetery and laid her beside her father. And there lies her unused diploma that cost her so much hard work and that she was so proud to obtain. The conversation impressed me very deeply and that unused diploma gave me many an hour of hard thinking that night. I saw that the dear old mother had a painful feeling that there had somehow been a great waste in all the hard work her daughter had performed to obtain this diploma, which represented an education that she was not permitted to use on earth, and I could not sleep until i had settled the problem in my own mind as to whether her view was the correct one 
The more I thought about it, the more clearly it seemed to me that this case, though rather unique in its conditions, was like a great many others that are happening to young and old all the time. People are all the while acquiring knowledge or discipline which they never seem to have any opportunity of using. Many people hesitate to pay the price and sacrifice in hard work to enlarge their scope of wisdom, for fear they will never have any opportunity to get special returns for it in dollars and cents. The interrogation point that stands like a ghost in the path of many a boy or girl on the way to college is the question, will it pay? Very often, a farmer or mechanic says, if my boy were going to be a preacher or a lawyer or a doctor, or my girl expected to be a musician or a teacher, it might be well enough to send them to college. But if they are going to be farmers or builders or bankers or housekeepers, they will never have a chance to use a college education, and it is only a waste of time and money. It is not a question whether a wider education will make the boy or girl a money-getter. The greater question is, will it make a larger, nobler man or woman? Will it arouse and give wings to a great imaginative soul, so that instead of seeing in human life simply a mass of strugglers like so many larger human ants, in an exaggerated human anthill, they will see with the vision of God and realize that in every human soul with which they come in contact, there is a mighty battle going on, and that every human heart is interesting in its thought, its joy and sorrow, and that nothing human can ever be commonplace. A good many boys and girls in these days are tempted, and some of the schools are likely to advise them that way, to prepare themselves simply to be specialists in what is to be the main work of their lives. Of course, up to a certain point, this is all right. But the trouble is that if it is carried to excess, we have lawyers who are simply patent or marine, or criminal lawyers. We have doctors who are physicians to the eye, or the ear, or the lungs. We have machinists who know how to make one wheel, or polish one spring in a watch. And every other part of their brain seems to dry and wither up. It seems to me that today we need all-around men. But whatever calling or profession you choose, let the young people remember that a lawyer or doctor or preacher or teacher or blacksmith or housekeeper or clerk should be something more than that. They should, first of all, be cultivated Christian men and women. The more generous the education of mind and heart, the greater personalities they will be not only in their chosen line of business by which they earn their bread and butter, but in the larger relations which they will have to the world.
no honest work which we do to enlarge our scope of knowledge to quicken and clarify our mental or spiritual vision so that the mountains the forest the gardens and the fields as well as human faces and hearts become more interesting books to us revealing the goodness and the glory of god can ever possibly be wasted even in a case like that of the young girl with which we started her unused diploma was by no means wasted we are sure that in heaven intelligence educated imagination trained habits of fidelity and disciplined patience must be as valuable qualities and as highly honored as here on earth honesty will still be honesty fidelity will still pass as current coin patience will still wait upon god with his approval and faith and hope and love will still abide victoriously in any world to which god shall take his trusting and loving children let us go on gathering all the knowledge and cultivation of mind and heart that we can for we may be sure that he who used the little fisher lad's loaves of bread and a string of fish in feeding the multitude and was careful to have all the fragments gathered up after the feast will not let any beautiful or useful information or art we have acquired or won go to waste end of chapter 3 recording by rebecca eden walker